This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, Norcom.com, JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and by MSA Design. Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval. From our family to yours for life, visit Kelsey. RLCChev.com. RNL Carriers, your global transportation provider. Visit RLC.com today. And by United Dairy Farmers. UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipe. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. Happy Tuesday and welcome once again into the Reds Hot Stove League along with Jim Day. I am Tommy Thraw. Great to be with you on a very, very frigid Tuesday in uh, Cincinnati. We need to warm up the hot stove. No Literally. better way to warm things up than the hot stove. Yeah, No question about it. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Dinsmore, is proud to present the Johnny Bench Home Run Collection. Each of the 389 baseballs are autographed and numbered by Johnny and delivered in a deluxe display frame with photo collage and certificate of ownership. Limited quantities remain. Details are available now at RedsMuseum.org. We've got a great show on tap for you today. We're going to be talking Reds Minor League Baseball today. The Reds Vice President of Player Development, Sean Pinder, will be on momentarily. We'll also chat Reds uh, or with Reds Catching Coordinator, Corky Miller. We will talk some catching, but we're going to talk a lot of things with Corky Miller. Corky. Always entertaining. And... Um, we're also going to play a little game called Stay or Go a little bit later on in the show as well where we kind of go through some of the rule changes from last year and give our thoughts on whether or not they should stick around or go by the wayside for 2021. But let's get right into the show and welcome in Sean Pinder, Reds Vice President of Player Development. Sean, thanks so much for being on with us, and uh, I'm sure that uh, you're probably pretty busy these days a, a lot going on around uh, the Reds minor leagues invitations extended last week trying to get all of those uh, details buttoned up but it looks like uh, pretty much all the affiliates uh, that were offered invitations they are all uh, and were all existing Reds affiliates so it's nice to have Louisville Chattanooga Dayton and Dayton all staying on board as Reds affiliates absolutely first of all it's wonderful to be with you both um, and I hope I can keep it uh, I hope I can keep it a little warmer than what the weather is outside for you guys as well. Uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to be returning to our affiliates. There are people that we've had, uh, in a lot of cases, um, long relationships with, and we think they're ideal or ideally situated um, for what we want to accomplish in player development. So 
Yeah, we're, we're really happy to be back in those four places. Can, can you take us to just real quick, a synopsis, this, this invitation process, I'm sure is something new for a lot of people. It, 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 it's, it, it sounds a little different. Uh, how does all that play out? Yeah, I, it's new for all of us. Um, certainly, uh, to my knowledge, Major League Baseball has uh, created a system whereby, um, as affiliates of the Reds, these four teams were given invitations. Um, and I'm sure at this point in time, those clubs are determining, um, you know, the legality and their own processes. Um, you know, as to whether or not they'll accept. Obviously, we're very optimistic that we'll accept, but we don't know that at this point. Um, but we, we do know that we've had great relationships with them. I think they feel very strongly about being an affiliate of the Reds, and um, we're certainly optimistic and looking forward to a continued relationship with those guys. Well, optimism, we all need optimism. Um, <laughs> what? What was it like in 2020 where there was no minor league season? What was it like for you, other front office types, and uh, everyone involved with these affiliates that, that you're in touch with? Uh, it had to be just the, the most unusual of circumstances. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, in, been blessed to be in professional baseball since I've been 21. So 39 years, I, I mean, I don't have anything to even compare it to. Um, because there was just there was just so much of uh, not knowing what to do with all this extra time and waiting for answers that obviously didn't come for very um, very difficult reasons. Um, but we did a great job as an organization of staying in touch with our affiliates, um, and we did a great job, I think, of staying in touch with our kids remotely. You know, the one great thing about the new technology is we've been able to, you know, stay in touch with a lot of folks on things that we wouldn't normally be able to do uh, between PowerPoints and video demonstrations. And I know that I was fortunate to speak to all of our affiliates about every two to three weeks, trying to give them updates of really what we knew. Um, so I think we've done a good job, and I think they're comfortable uh, with the conversations, but it's still the unknown, right? Like, we, we know where we want to go, and I believe that we'll certainly be in Louisville and Chattanooga and Daytona and Dayton. Um, but at this point in time, we don't really know what 2021 is going to look like yet. Sean Pinder, Reds VP of Player Development, on with us on the Reds Hot Stove. And, Sean, you talk about 2020 being such an unusual year, but, but the, a lot of people – uh, kind of overlook how valuable the time is uh, for so many minor league players in development and, and how important each year can be. And, and for a lot of players, there comes a point where that year is their last year. I'm sure there are a lot of players whose last year would have been last year uh, during 2020, and, and now they don't get a chance to play that. So how, how do you kind of offset the time loss from development from last year? Yeah, it's a great question. That's one that we've contemplated and done more than contemplate. We've we've really made contingency plans on a number of different fronts, but specific to the time that they lost. Look, um, there's no way to make up for lost at bats, lost innings, pitched. Um, so what you have to do is you have to try to supplement it as best you can and develop their skills. Right? We we talked about uh, you know the the recent hires that we've had with guys like Kyle Bodie, uh, our pitching director now, and C.J. Gilman, our uh, hitting coordinator, and all the work that they've done with our staff connecting with our kids weekly, our strength and conditioning folks that connect with our kids that are you know working with them remotely and following up with player plans to make sure that they 
they stay on track and that we're monitoring to know any weight gain or any physical ailments or problems that are occurring. So we're doing the best we can, but you're absolutely right. that It's very difficult to um, to continue the development process at least at the same rate or pace because it's simply impossible to replicate competition. You know, as well as I think we've done in creating skill development, meaning increased bat speed, increased arm strength, uh, increased uh, depth on pitches or, or foot speed, you have to play the game to really learn the game and the nuances that, quite honestly, create a championship ball club in Cincinnati. Once you do get back to playing in the minor leagues, this is something I've harped on for years, I know using a lot of analytics now, and you can develop a player uh, in many more ways individually. But I've always harped on putting emphasis on winning as a team at the minor league level, which I know isn't always easy. But if you got someone that's coming up through the system that has never been in a tight situation in a playoff race, um, you know, how are you, are you giving them the full experience of development? And I know the Reds revamp in their minor league system that that was one of the emphasis to win as a team at the minor league level does that still exist yes absolutely and i and i think i think if you look at historically um the very successful clubs i don't think that it's a switch that you can turn on and off you know you you prepare to be a winner you prepare to compete and deal with adversity every day in this game because it throws it at you all the time. Um, and I don't think that ever changes. Now, obviously, the minor leagues can be different um, because you're pushing prospects in the challenging situations, um, and sometimes they may not be ready for a level, or you may have certain gaps in your prospect depth that maybe don't allow you to be as competitive at a certain level. But at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. Um, look, the whole aspect of what we try to do in the minor leagues is to create championship caliber players. And that means that they have to compete to win. And our goal, to be honest with you, is to have meaningful games. We talk about it every year. Are we playing meaningful games in August? Meaning, are we playing games that could lead to a playoff opportunity or that pressure, that same feeling that we want to make sure that our kids are experiencing at the minor league level? That helps them, therefore, at the major league level, because that's all of our goals. We're visiting with Reds VP of Player Development, Sean Pender. Sean, you got time to stick around for another segment? I sure do. All right, we'll continue this chat when we return. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks Budweiser and UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrawn. We are chatting with Reds Vice President of Player Development, Sean Pinder, as we continue our conversation. Sean, we were talking about kind of a lost year in development, and, and there were some guys that were able to continue uh, development and, and probably got, I, I don't know, would you almost say enhanced development by being uh, participants in the Reds' alternate site and, uh, and, and being around big league guys and, uh, and a lot of big league coaches? I mean, how, how did that benefit some of the some of the guys that have yet to get to the big leagues and some that did? We saw, obviously, uh, Tyler Stevenson being one of those guys and Jose Garcia, another one as well. Yeah, Tommy, I, I think um, it's a really good point because we, we learned a lot this year from our experience over at, at Prasco. Um, first of all, they were tremendous to us, and it was a great facility with a great opportunity for us to be able to do all this work so close to uh, – to our Cincinnati um, uh, Great American Ballpark. 
Um, you know what we learned? We learned that there's a, a good way, a better way to develop players um, in, a, in, in a way that is unique. Um, we did a lot of skill development. We were able to work on individual tools. Um, we were also able to compete in the afternoons. It's not the same as or the evenings. It's not the same as if we were actually playing a game in Louisville, obviously, against an opponent. But what we were able to do was we were able to individualize the skill development for our players and bring some younger players and expose them in a way where, you know, we had first and second year players that were around, uh, you know, AAA and major league guys. And our major league, our former major leaguers that were there uh, at Prasco were really tremendous to our kids, uh, took the time to explain things, really were extra coaches, and, and really gave them a sense of what they needed to do as far as being prepared for the professional lifestyle. I don't think anyone benefited more from that than Tyler Stevenson. Um, he got some individual instruction that he wouldn't otherwise get on a daily basis. It was almost like an internship for him. Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, uh, I, I think it was certainly great for Tyler and, and Hosey, but there were a number of other guys that really had uh, opportunities that they wouldn't have had. Basically, what I described it as, it was like uh, instructional league uh, at the highest caliber. You know, because these kids uh, in particular are prospects that were younger. You know, they, they got exposed to things that, quite honestly, they won't get exposed to, to until they get to double A. Um, but it was done in a way that was um, manageable for them because it was with people that were their teammates um, and were patient with them. And as I said, between the instruction that they got from the coaching staff and the time allotment that they had on, on a daily basis with those veteran guys, it was really meaningful. Talking about some other guys, uh, Michael Ciani is a guy that I think, if memory serves right, which it usually doesn't, but I think he was added <laughs> to the alternate site towards the end of the season. But how, how, how is he coming along, and where would you look at him at as, as the 2021 spring approaches? Yeah, Michael. Uh, Michael is a tremendous defender. Uh, I and I don't say this lightly, having spent a lot of my life uh, looking at Major League Baseball. He's ready to play uh, defensively at the Major League level. Uh, for a young man, he's got tremendous instincts. Um, he is developing uh, very, very well. I think that Michael will likely be uh, potentially at the Double A level uh, next year to start. I think that would be our goal. Um, we'll see where he's at offensively in upcoming spring training. But I think that's a likely uh, opportunity for Michael. Uh, another young man that did very, very well there and really made uh, significant progress was Jonathan India. Um, Jonathan really showed improvements offensively. We've always thought of him as a very high-end prospect. He continued uh, to show that. But his development offensively at the alternate site, um, was really uh, remarkable, um, you know, given the particular circumstances that we all found ourselves in. You talked earlier about uh, wanting to win at the minor league level as a team, which I loved your answer, by the way. Uh, in sort of the same vein, um, I know when you were revamping the minor league system and your the way that you approach it, that you wanted to get to a point where it was the Reds' way. Maybe yeah. there's a manual, maybe there's not. But when you show up in rookie ball, you do it this way and you do it that way all through every stage of the minor leagues. Has that been in place now? Do you, are you confident that you have one of these 
manuals, if you will, in place? Well, I, I do, um, and I think the, the COVID year maybe put a little dent in our progress, but only from the standpoint of the repetitions that would allow you to continue to build that. So at the end of the day, you know, um, everyone needs a manual. They need a direction. They need a, a, a platform, so to speak, to, to move the organization along. Um, but really, what matters the most is that you live it every day, right? You live it through the way your players play, the way they perform, uh, the expectations that you give your staff, the, the expectations that you give your players. You know, little things like running the bases the right way have been emphasized. And I know that they were emphasized in the past, too. So I don't want to demean in any way what we did before. But what we're really trying to do is to make sure that every player understands that there's a way that the Reds are going to play. And that particular way is going to be emphasized in the, their opportunities to be promoted, in their opportunities to play every day. Um, you have to play a certain way. And I, I do think uh, that we've started to really enforce that and improve that in, in what we do. Is that something you kind of came up with, or, or is that a product of observing maybe what some other organizations do and you kind of took some plays out of their playbook? Yeah, I think a little bit of everything. You know, I was, I, I'm blessed in that I had a lot of great teachers in the game, including, uh, you know, many in our own organization, including guys like Eric Davis and, uh, you know, Barry Larkin and, and Billy Dorn and Mario Soto, who were special assistants for us. But, you know, guys like George Kissel, old school baseball guy with the Cardinals, um, there's always been a right way and a wrong way to play the game. And, um, I think we're just trying to emphasize those things that we think can make a real difference with our kids coming up. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters in Cincinnati is whether we win, right? And uh, the best way to do that um, is to make sure that we do it the right way in the minor leagues so that when these kids come up to play for David and the major league staff, they know what their expectations are, and they know how to do things in the proper way to, to create a winning environment in Cincinnati. Real quick, put you on the spot. You got any diamonds in the rough that you're kind of excited about that might be a little bit off the radar? Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, you get all these uh, the, these top 30 prospects, and, you know, I, I remember, you know, that Jose Garcia was a guy that was way down our list, and mm -hmm. now he's way up our list as he should be. Um, you know, there's a couple guys that I think really stand out. One guy that we did not talk about, um, you know, today, or at least uh, to this point, um, and there's a number, like I said, that I can refer to, um, but I, I, you know, we talked about Mike Ciani. We've got a, a young guy uh, that we draft, actually signed late this year, Jacob Hurtabees, who uh, has got a chance to be a really nice player that we signed late. Awesome. Nice. We will keep an eye on him. Well, Sean, thanks so much for the time. Certainly appreciate it. Thank thanks, you. Sean. All right, take care, guys. All right, you too. Happy holidays. That is Red's Vice President of Player Development, Sean Pender, like joining that guy. us. I like oh, that he's guy. He's outstanding. Great stuff from him, as always. Another guy we like to talk to, Corky Miller, will join the show next. Also, we'll play Stay or Go coming up at the bottom of the show. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented, as always, by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Surprise your favorite Reds fan with a digital photo of a message of the Great American Ballpark scoreboard for a limited time. Purchase customized messages with a donation of the Reds Community Fund. Order now at reds.com slash 
skip message. We are talking Reds minor leagues today. We had Sean Pinder on in the first half hour. And now we are delighted beyond words to be joined by our good friend, Reds catching coordinator, Corky Miller. Corky, how's the offseason treating you? Oh, you know, it's uh, getting cold, so it's getting worse. But, you know, uh, when the cold comes, you know, spring training is right around the corner. It has been kind of a long off season for you because there was no minor league season, uh, but but you still found a way to keep busy. You did a little managing this past season. Yeah, that's right. Uh, out in Joliet um, with the Frontier League, they had they had kind of uh, made a four team league out of Joliet and had everybody there, and I I got to manage uh, you know twenty seven twenty six games, so that was good for me. What was it like managing? Uh, you know, you've managed many games in your mind and managed games behind the plate, but being on the spot and you have to think three moves ahead, uh, what was it like? You know, it was it was easier than I thought. Um, it, it wasn't as uh, entailed as maybe a regular season would go just because, you know, we only played four games a week. Um you know, Friday, Saturday, Sundays might have been the tough ones, and and we I had a bunch of guys from the bullpen that would that could throw three days in a row, so it was it was nice. pretty easy that way. Um, the only tough part was getting you know making sure I got all the guys in and um, trying to mix in some practices during the week. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Uh, I liked it. It was you know. I could see the the whole part of the starting pitcher and and getting their pitch count and trying to figure out you know, what I'm going to do in the sixth inning and the third inning. So, you know, it, it gave me a little bit of insight, and I, and I enjoyed it. And, I, you know, it's not something that I haven't done thinking about games or even when I was catching, um, you know, going like, all right, well, this guy's probably only going to go five. You know, who's going to come in after, and how do I, you know, try to plan for that? When you were a Red, I made the prediction at the time that you would one day – manage the Cincinnati Reds I said it on the air what do you think is this something that I'm not saying to be the manager of the Reds anyone would want to do that but is managing it any of any type in your future is that the direction you want to go yeah I mean I I would enjoy that you know I mean obviously David's doing a great job there and and you know he's just another guy I get to kind of be around and and try to see what he's doing and, and see how he treats the team. You know, I've, I've been with some great managers as, you know, Dusty and uh, Bobby Cox and Jose Guillen and Rob Gardenhire and Terry Francona. Like those guys, I just, you know, just paid attention to what they're doing. And, you know, it, it would be a, it would be an honor to, to do that in Cincinnati down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would like I would like to do that at some point. But I really I really love what I'm doing now with with our young guys. At what point in your career did you realize, hey, coaching's in my future? Whether that's managing or, or kind of the role that you're in now, what what point did you realize that that's what you want to do after you're done playing? Um, yeah, when when everybody started telling me that in in 2004 and 2005, you know, asking me like, well, when are you going to manage? And, you know, I would always say, well, when you guys stop giving me jobs to play, <laughs> you know, and obviously I was uh, another 10 or 11 years after that, or, well, shoot, 15 years after that, I guess. I don't know. Um, just, you know, it, it was always part of 
in my thought process of being in this game at some some way in some form and you know playing playing as long as I did I kept getting pushed back and pushed back but um you know when they started telling me that maybe I should think about coaching and managing you know 10 or 11 years before I stopped playing that's when I knew we're visiting with Reds catching coordinator Corky Miller uh you got time to stick around for a little bit longer yeah, bud. All right, we're going to bring you back and uh, continue this conversation. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale now, starting at only $40 this year's gift pack includes four ticket credits, two Reds Hall of Fame and Museum tickets, and an oversized Nixon's El Bobblehead. Purchase the holiday gift pack today at the Reds kiosk located in Kenwood Town Center or at reds.com slash holiday. Continuing our chat with Corky Miller, uh, Reds catching coordinator. And uh, Corky, we're talking about the minor leagues today, uh, kind of talking about uh, you and your coaching, but but talk about the importance. I mean, you experienced it. You you spent some time in the minor leagues, and uh, I'm sure created some lifelong memories in the minor leagues. But it's also what helped prepare you for the big leagues. Can you talk about how important that is, not just for player development, but there's so much more that goes into it for players uh, becoming professionals, becoming men. Uh, how important was the minor leagues in your life, and how important is it for these guys? Um, you, you know, it's, it's indescribable kind of, um, you know, we still, the friendships that you, you make, the, the lessons that you learn, whether you're in the minor leagues for 17 years, kind of like I was, or, you know, two years, um, you, you're gonna, you're gonna learn lessons on how a lot of the stuff that you feel and see in the clubhouse, um, you know, that, that can, just relate to almost anything in your life, whether you're going to work in an office setting or you're working, you know, construction or you're working, you know, giving lessons or something. It's just something that you can't take away from the people that do it. And, um, you know, I still, you know, we still have a, a group chat and, and fantasy football leagues with guys that, that I played with in the minor leagues and, you know, Adam Dunn and Austin Kearns and Brandon Larson, guys like that where a lot of our fond memories were, you know, made in the minor leagues, even though we played together in the big leagues. So it's, it's something that is, is undescribable and, and the clubhouse atmosphere, like, you know, you guys would know, but maybe the average fan wouldn't, what goes on inside the clubhouse and and the camaraderie and, and just, you know, the people that are in there to, to give you insight on life and, and, that's not even talking about the development, like you said, and, and the games that you learn from when you're playing. Well, the minor leagues were good to you. There are very few people that through the minor leagues become the prince of a city, and you are the prince of Louisville. I've never seen anyone loved so much in the city of Louisville, Corky. Uh, I want to talk yeah. to you, uh, particularly about development, though. Uh, you got a very raw Tyler Stevenson. You were one of the guys that was put in charge of molding Tyler Stevenson, drafted out of high school, raw talent, but he needed to be honed in. Um, what Twofold question. When he was called up and they gave him 37, which happened to be your number, and he gave you a lot of credit for his development, um, how – 
pleased are you at his development, what you saw at the big league level, and his future? What do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, you're right. When when we – that was my – I had actually played in 14 and, and kind of uh, transitioned into coaching later on in that year. And he was drafted that year, so I was out in Billings when he came. And it, and it was. I mean, he, you know, you could see the, 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 the power that he had, you know, when he was batting and the offensive stuff that he had. The defensive stuff was, was you know, real questionable. But, you know, through just a lot of talking and letting him decide what he wanted to do and how he wanted to go about stuff, you know, was, was on him. Um, you know, I, I, it wasn't do this, do that, or you're not going to make it. It was just kind of, you know, trying to find out what worked for him as a bigger dude, you know, a guy with some longer arms, longer legs, um, somebody that, that really didn't have to catch, you know, the kind of stuff that he was going to have to catch in pro ball. But um, he, he matured faster than a lot of people gave him credit for or what they projected him as and. You know, that was just a lot of talking, a lot of trial and error and, and trying to figure out what he's going to do. And he's still in that process. Um, you know, him going up last year and, and he had my number and I didn't even know. And I think he uh, he text he text the, the catching group and, and talked about it and just started laughing. And, you know, it, Rich though, <laughs> down there, he's he's great. And he, he knows that stuff and he knows what he's doing. But, you know, him and his his first game i mean unbelievable you can't draw it up any better but you know he's he's matured he's he's you know watch tucker and kurt and, and guys like that as well and being at big league camp for a couple of years helped him out and you know jr being on him uh enough is is something that you know he's not he's not going to give away and he's just going to you know get better and better Corky, certainly appreciate the time. Unfortunately, we are out of it. And uh, thanks so much for coming on with us. And I'm sure we'll talk again down the line. Yeah, man. Good luck, guys. All right. Thank you. Corky Miller, Reds catching coordinator. We'll wrap it up after this. It's the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Want to make note of this. uh, The Players Alliance Pull-Up Neighbor Tour will stop in Cincinnati, on Thursday, what a cool deal this is going to be at the Corinthian Baptist Church in Bond Hill. Again, that'll be on Thursday uh, from two to four. Uh, Players Alliance nonprofit organization. Uh, there's more than 150 active and former major league players that are a part of this and uh, partnering up with Pull Up Neighbor. They'll be distributing things like. Uh, face mask, hand sanitizer, cleaning supplies, basically COVID-19 supplies. They'll have baseball gear as well, a uh, box of sh- uh, shelf-stable food from the Free Store Food Bank and Cincinnati Reds promotional items as well. Cool thing. Again, that is going to be at the Corinthian Baptist Church in Bond Hill on Thursday from 2 to 4. Wrapping things up here on the Reds Hot Stove with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. Jim, let's play a little game called Stay or Go. Are there prizes? None. None. Oh. No, no, no. It's the Reds hot stove. Well, or not. You know, thought I'd ask. And what? I'll give you a handshake. How about that? Okay. Or the no, uh, we're not 2020, to do 2020 elbow uh, bump. There, there we go. go. All, right, All right. Let's start. Basically, it's simple. Uh, I'm going to throw out one of the rules from 2020. You tell me 
stay or go. Oh, so I'm going to make people mad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give my opinion, too, oh, so that way okay. I can make people mad just All the right. same. Let's okay. start with the three batter minimum. This wasn't just a 2020 rule. This is a new rule that was going to be implemented this yeah. year. Stay or go, three batter rule. Pitcher has to face three batters. I would say stay. I don't think it came into play as much as we thought it would. There were a few instances where it, where it did, but any time that you can cut down on the amount of times that a manager slowly walks to the mound and makes a pitching change, I think it's good. We need to speed up pace of play. Okay, I don't disagree with that entirely, although I didn't like the rule. Uh, I think there's better ways to do that. I say get that one out. Let's find another way. I, nice. I think there's better Disagreement ways to Disagreement right off the bat. Right I'm away. Right. All right, runner at second base to start extra innings. Stay or go? Oh, this is a tough one for me. This is a tough one for me. For the regular season only, stay. I agree with that. The reason I like it, I actually like the rule. I, I won't just say that I'm okay with it. I like it because it takes the home run derby away from extra innings. Yeah, it does. There, there's actually more strategy with this. Bit gimmicky, bit tough on the pitcher. A little tough on the pitcher, but it's not charged and earn yeah. run to the pitcher. Um, I, 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 I but we've got we've got to the point in the game where we're like giving second bases away free because very few people reach second base. Anymore. Well, that's I I like it. I, I think it it actually for the regular the season to do away with fifteen inning games, all for it. Perfect. Expanded playoffs. We had that wild card series as part of the expanded playoffs. It's a best of three series for the wild card team. Stay or go. I think there were. I'm not. I don't mind expanding a little bit, very slightly. Uh, I think it was too much, though. There's too many teams. There were uh, some teams that you know. You're just rewarding mediocrity. Good word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's too there's too many. I, although at the end of the season, there were several cities that were involved that otherwise in September you wouldn't be talking about baseball. So. In that regard, it brings in more cities. It gives the smaller market teams a better chance. Um, so I'm kind of on the I'm kind of on the fence about it, but I would say not that many teams. I'm okay with it last year, and I like that they had it last year because otherwise the Reds don't make it. And I think the Reds in a regular season um, throughout the course of 162 games, I think the Reds proved that they were a playoff team. Yeah. Now they got hot late. Um, and that's why that was there. It was to allow teams to get off to slow starts and still have a chance to make right. the playoffs. And, and I think that's important in a short season like last year was. So last year, I was fine with it. I thought it was great. I thought it was uh, great for the game moving forward. If we're playing a full season of 162 games, no. Let's go back to the old format. I'm in the minority that actually likes the one-game wild card playoff. You, you make, make the playoffs, win your division. Yeah, no, I understand that. It's just in September, there were a lot more cities and a lot more teams, a lot more fan bases that were engaged where they otherwise wouldn't be. I, and so I, that is huge. I do like that. But, uh, you know, and I think you have to see with fans of the stadium, uh, does it make an impact? Are, are cities really getting excited about their team if they're a sub-500 well, team? Yeah. Well, I think on the it, cusp of making yeah, the playoffs. It, it brings the fans definitely excitement, but it puts you in the news cycle that you wouldn't right. otherwise be in. That is a good point. Uh, only a minute left here, so we'll wrap it up with the universal DH. Stay or go? Oh, you're going to give me the toughest one with <laughs> a minute left. Two-word answer, please. Um, I, I'm a purist, man. I'm a National League guy. Uh, it didn't bother me a whole lot this year. I was disappointed in the performance of the designated hitters. It really didn't add a whole bunch of offense. Um I don't think it's going to be around in 2021. I think it's going to be a bargaining chip for the collective bargaining agreement, but I do think it's in the future. I think it's coming, and whether I like it or not, it's going to be here. Yeah, I agree. I think it will be. Um, 
The Reds DH hit just 194 this year, the position. Uh, so it didn't help out the Reds a lot. I actually didn't miss pitchers hitting like I thought I would. I really thought I'd miss that traditional National League style. We are out of time. Big thanks to Sean Pinder for stopping by and joining us. The Reds VP of Player Development is always a big thanks. Anytime Corky Miller joins us on the show, Reds catching coordinator for Jim Day, the broadcast sheriff Dave Keaton. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Reds Hot Stove League. Jim Day has you next week here on the Reds Radio Network.